All right, it's day three, and I've still managed to successfully not buy a guitar. Oh wow! I so I looked at the guitars, and I I talked to my my loving partner, and uh-huh. I was like, "Hey, what do you think about a second guitar?" <laughs> How, hang on. How old is the first guitar? Uh, two years. I bought it at the start of the pandemic. Oh, okay. All right, that's a decent spread. You could. I I, I feel like it's a reasonable period of time. Yeah. How, uh, hey, let me let me ask a different question. How long have you been playing that guitar? <laughs> So, um, let's see, I started learning chords back when I got it originally Oh, okay. and I've been off and on practicing. Like I stopped practicing for long enough for my calluses to go away. Mm-hmm. That'll happen. And then I started, I, I picked it back up like three times and now I'm at the point that I can almost play a song. So it's okay. like the, the new rocksmith has helped. That's the real question. When did the rocksmith start? So the recent, I tried the rocksmith 2014, which is mostly an electric guitar learning tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, a while ago, like right when I first got it, because I had had a, some, a friend of mine used to work there, mutual friend of ours used to work there, and he had sent me a code to check it out. Uh, and then and then uh, I, it didn't work great for acoustic back then. Uh, so I, I switched to like some app based stuff that was fine. And like I got to the point that I could play like a C and a G and an F and a D chord pretty reliably and A's and E's and all that. Those are all bangers, major, major bangers. Yeah. Yeah. Classics, all the classics. And then I stopped because I got busy doing other stuff. I think you need to show her that you can stick with it for at least six months before you can have another guitar. I think that's a probably a pretty reasonable, <laughs> reasonable choice there. There has been a firestorm of guitar discussion on the discord since we talked about Rocksmith last week. This is the power with great power comes great responsibility. Brad, There's the, the power of suggestion is what's yeah. at work here because, oh boy, the enablers is what we have yeah. on that server <laughs> we we should have just called this podcast brilliant brad and will made an enablement pod maybe i should have bought one those deals might still be up there were there were deals on some squire i hate to use the word knockoff i don't think that's fair squire is like the budget fender version and epiphone makes a bunch of budget gibsons and there were some insane deals on some squire telecasters and uh epiphone sgs and the les pauls like 170 bucks yeah they're like cheap starter guitars which is a fine place to learn i think like when i was into this stuff 20 25 years ago like the squire was kind of looked down on as not very good but apparently the manufacturing on those has gotten way way better and they're actually like totally legit guitars now we should maybe no no we have to move on should we do a guitar episode no is that what you're saying we should not i don't need another musical instrument that i'm probably not going to play enough okay so I think once you do six months of piano, you're allowed to buy a guitar, Brad. <laughs> okay. That's the, that's the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I, um, I bought something stupid the other day. Oh. Uh, well, so I've been playing that Atari 50th thing a fair yes. amount. Yes. Which so is like, good. I, I like playing is maybe not the right word because yeah. it's kind of more of like a, Hey, here's me learning about some games that I didn't have a lot of exposure to. Totally. It's, I, I was probably, I'd spent like two hours in that thing before I ever booted up one of the games. Yeah, exactly. But then I got to the point where I'm like, oh, here are some bangers I want to play. And I had I had talked to some friends who work at Digital Extreme uh, uh, Digital Eclipse. Di- Eclipse, Digital Eclipse. Sorry. Yes. Uh, a few weeks ago about this exact thing. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to buy an Atari. It's stupid to buy Atari. And then I started playing Tempest. And I was like, oh, man, I want something that spins. And I, I started playing combat. And I was like, I want a stick. And I was mm-hmm. like. Uh-oh. Played Caverns of Mars. Oh, I was no. like, it's not the same with a gamepad. I see where this was going. So I went to Amazon and I bought one of those Atari VCS wireless joysticks, the ones with the spinner handle. Oh, what? Yeah. 
Is that it, were those were those made for those recent the recent quote unquote Atari that X eighty six box? Yes, they were made for that X eighty six box. Um, it is it is a shape like the classic Atari joystick. It's a square with round. It has rounded edges, so you don't get the weird callus in the palm of your hand. I am I am looking this up as we speak. Uh, it is a vertical stick uh-huh. with a button, and the handle is also a spinner. And my friend, our friend, our mutual, our, our, our friend, Jeremy Williams, who uh, wrote Vector Sector over mm-hmm. in the Atari 50th thing, had uh, given it high marks, even though it was kind of expensive. So I originally I looked at like because people make USB paddle controllers, people make USB Atari joysticks. And I was like, I'm going to get one of each of those. And then I was like, wait, for the same price as buying one of each of those, I can just buy this thing that does both things and is the only one thing that I have to store instead of two. So I'll let you know how it goes. It comes today. That looks pretty cool. I man, I I still want one of those things. What do they call the actual console? Is it the VCS? The VCS. The VCS name. Yeah. Uh, again, let me see. Was it good? I I'm always a little skeptical of those things now. Not for four hundred bucks. Uh, I'm I'm still just I'm still just sore from a year ago when GameStop was liquidating theirs for ninety nine dollars. <sighs> like it was it was not worth four hundred bucks, but it, it was like a decent AMD APU with like okay graphics. Like it would have been a decent mm. little like set top, and you can install whatever OS you want on it. So like for a hundred bucks, and it looks cool because it's got wood paneling. Yeah, they're three hundred bucks now. That seems like a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't pay more than a hundred for one. But if they go back on sale, huh. uh, speaking of paying a hundred, I bought a hundred dollars worth of Christmas lights the other day. Ooh, what'd you get? Professional Christmas lights. Oh, professional, eh? I uh, did. A, I had a similar uh, adventure last week. Mm-hmm. Best Buy was selling the fancy twinkly lights, the ones mm-hmm. that are that you can upload patterns to that will that are RGB individually lit. You mean capital T twinkly, like the brand capital T, the brand twinkly from Finland or whatever. And um, I went out and screwed uh, hooks into the underside of the eaves of the house, and now I have a permanent light installation on the house. So far, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from the neighbors. That's awesome. Wait, they're yeah. never coming down? I don't think I'm ever going to. I think they're all season lights now. What have you displayed on them? Uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, the first choice was made by my daughter. We picked a rainbow that goes from one side to the other. That okay. was pretty cool. Uh, we do a we have a candy cane, red and white, that just alternates red and white and moves slowly back and forth across the across the uh, house. We have um, some like classic Christmas multicolor lights, you know, the blue and the purple and the orange and the and the and the red. And uh, we have a, an Italian flag speckle pattern that kind of twinkles red, green and white all the time. So that seems festive, too. What would you say is the resolution of your Christmas light screen? Well, let's see. It's 600 lights uh, okay. and it's across about 75 feet. Is it a net or a or a line? Like how it's you... a line, but I doubled up. Oh, okay. I, I bought a hundred. I bought the six hundred light strand, which is one hundred and fifty feet. But the front, the the amount of coverage I needed was almost exactly. It was like seventy six feet. So there's one foot of space that's not doubled up, but everywhere else is doubled up. And now these these are the ones you like scan with the the phone app that like models their spatial arrangement. Yeah, you three D map them. I got to do a better job with it because it's a little tricky. I, I don't know why. For some reason, I was thinking like you should put Nyan Cat on there. So I don't know if I could get a Nyan Cat because it's only one line. So it's like that's the thing. You're you're gonna need way more lines. I mean, so look, they're kind. They were kind of expensive. Um, but let's see. It's six hundred six hundred dots divided by seventy five feet divided by twelve inches in a feet. Uh, so it's uh, 0.6667 lines dots per inch. 
It's a little low res compared to what we're used to on a phone. I, I think I can do the Knight Rider thing, though. And where it goes womp womp and the red goes, just goes across the front of the house. Okay, do it. Set yeah. up, you need to set up speaker outside. Yeah, that's the next. That's that. That's for once we get out of the holiday season, once we get out of the festive time, it's the house is just going to be kit. Hey, nothing says holidays like Michael Knight. Okay. Welcome to Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod. I'm Will. I'm Brad. Hello. Hello. You sound good today. You sound well, like you're you. uh, you're feeling back out. You're out out of the weather. You're above the weather. Getting there. Getting there. Okay. It's been a long haul, man. It it it's it sucks. It's not a good time. No, it's not. Um, uh, Brad, it is it is. We've reached the end of the month, which, as we all know, means it's time to turn the Q's into the A's. That's right. I'm thankful for the copious bounty of questions that our uh, illustrious Discord dwellers sent us this month. Did you check the inbox? Yeah, I did. But, but before we hey. get to that, before we get oh. to that, I, I want, hey, hey, shout out to your mom because we made her broccoli oh. casserole again. Oh, no. <laughs> every time, every time Say you talk about mother this for me, Brad, every time you talk about this, I feel more and more guilty that I have not dug up that recipe. Oh, I have the recipe. I didn't know if it was OK to share. Oh, can you send it to me? Yeah, I'll send it to you. I'm, I am. I am 99 percent sure we had literally this exact conversation last year. We've done this. Then, this is two years running. We've had this conversation now. Either you sent it to me and I didn't do anything with it or you didn't send it to me. I don't know which some somebody dropped the ball somewhere. <laughs> Look, it's possible that the ball was dropped. The point is the broccoli casserole is the is is the number one item on our table at Thanksgiving. Really? These days. Yeah. yeah. Is it it, the, it went, it's got the cream of mushroom soup, right? I mean, look, all good casseroles start with cream and mushroom soup. Well, yeah, fair. It's got cream and mushroom soup, but, it, but the secret ingredient is stuffing. Yes. Yeah, it's Indeed. good stuff. Did, did you, did uh, you so ever anyways, just, thank, did you just, oh yes, thank, thank you to my mom. Thank you to your for, mom. For, for a great broccoli casserole. Did you ever just yeah. eat the Campbell's cream and mushroom soup as soup? My my mom would try to make that happen multiple times in my youth. She was like, you really, you'd really like this if you, if you tried it. I like Fuck off. I'm not eating cream and mushroom soup. Oh, man, I, I love that stuff. I mean, look, there's an appeal when you squeeze it out of the can and it's like mm. the solid piece of, the, of mushroom yep. jelly. Yes. It's like a gelatinous yeah. soup tube. Yeah, that's like that. I feel like that would schmear on a cracker pretty good. Oh, yeah. Huh. yeah. Also shorten your life dramatically. So, yes, I, I mean, I that was my standard. My SOP was to crumble a bunch of saltine crackers on top of it. OK, so our our normal. Like our nightmare bad canned food when I was a kid was we always had some of those smoked oysters around in the mm. can, like the yes. fake, fake artificial smoked oysters. Yeah. And you put those on a saltine, like a couple of those on a saltine. Oh, yeah. oh, mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. And I'm sure we've talked about all this before. Vienna, Vienna sausages. Uh, oh, yeah. You dip them in the mustard. We didn't potted. do potted meat. That was no. a bridge too far for my mom. Pot, potted meat was was around in my house a lot. Let's say. Yeah, Vienna sausages were like a, oh, you're hungry, just go get a can of Vienna sausages mm -hmm. kind of snack for us. Yep. yep. All right. Um, it's weird that my whole family has heart heart blood pressure problems. What, what a weird coincidence. It is a common affliction in that part of the country, let's say. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so this is the Q's to, the Q's into A's episode of the mm-hmm. podcast, as we have yes. alluded to previously. If you have a question, you can send them to techpod at content.town. You're, you're scrunching up your... F- I couldn't remember. I was like, I, shit, I'm blanking. It's I, We've done this a hundred times. Uh, no, it's techpod at content.town. Uh, or if you're in the Discord, you can post an, a question in the Q's Seeking A's channel, where it will probably disappear pretty shortly after you post it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, um, our first question. Yes. Yeah, as is tradition now, I guess we start with the email questions. Yeah, we, we Brad, we got to check that email inbox more because there were some people that wanted to advertise on the podcast. And while we don't take advertising, advertisement, mm, it's nice to currently. talk to the advertisers just in case. That's, you know, it's probably you worth hearing them. Yeah. yeah. You want know, to hit this first one? We have, we have two email questions. This All time. right. Let's do it. Uh, I do love this is from Marcus. Uh, he says, I do love all the streams both of you do, but since I live in another time zone, I have a really hard time catching your streams live. I usually put your stream archive in a tab on a separate browser to watch everything chronologically. As you both stream quite a lot on Twitch, do you as a streamer make anything when someone watches one of your previous live streams, or is it all about view numbers and subscribers during live streams? Well, I mean, um, obviously, I, oh, go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to, did he specify where he's watching the archives? Cause I, I think that probably determines the answer right on twitch i think i would assume if he, okay yeah well you would know better than me i my understanding is twitch archives don't really monetize much at all if at all they count for ad revenue they do okay and if obviously people subscribe or put bits in while they're watching the archive that you get that money oh i didn't know you could do that with archive. i didn't know you could do bits with archives yeah you can so even if you're not in the same time zone you can still subscribe and then you don't get ads during the videos Okay, my, my info nice. might be outdated. I thought at one point I thought I had heard that they don't monetize archives on Twitch, but I guess that's wrong. So, so you can you can you can always put like Twitch will always let you give money to a streamer whether they're online or off um, for subs or or for bits because I often get like I'll, I'll often like log into my channel and there will be two notifications from times when I was not online for people who have subscribed or whatever in, in an off time zone. Um, the, but, but they do monet you do monet they do monetize ads st- as of like two years ago, I think. Okay. Um, when they change the way the ad system works. So anyway. Yes. That's it. You want to do the next one? You, you want me to read this next one? Do you have one more email? I have one more email. Let's, let's flush the emails. Okay. It's a question from Will in Pacifica. Says huh. Brad, go on. As a, as a longtime iPad user, what's your strategy for managing the iPad and your phone? Do you have certain apps that are phone or iPad only? Do you keep everything on your phone and a subset on your iPad? Are the same apps in your tray on each device? What is your overall strat? Well, Will from Pacifica. <laughs> it's, um, it's really weird. There must be another Will in Pacifica. Who, yeah, who would have thought? Uh, my iPad is mostly a consumption device. Mm. So. Like you use it as a plate is, and put food on it? Just yes, just exactly. Yes. So it, yeah. Okay. It's, you really have to keep that thing clean. Um, I, my, my feeling is anything with like actual life utility should go on the phone because that's the thing you are guaranteed to have with you at all times. Okay. Um, of course, there's also the ongoing issue that Apple uh, remains strongly opinionated about what should and should not be an iPad app. Right. How Meaning is that a there's, thing still? There's still... No weather app on the iPad. There's still no calculator on the iPad. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to happen when Darth. I mean, Will in Pacifica says, <laughs> I don't know uh-huh. what's going to happen when Dark Skies starts work. stops working at the end of the year because then I won't have a weather app on my iPad for some reason. Is, what is, is Dark Skies just a weather app or is that? That sounds like 
Oh, do you know? Is that astronomy related as well? No, I think we've talked no. about it before. Dark Skies is great. Dark Skies is the app that looked at like the direction the rain radar was moving on the map and looked at your location as your of your device and then was like, hey, it looks like there's rain moving toward where you are oh, that's, and it's moving at this rate. So you're going to get rain in like 15 that, minutes. Oh, that's awesome. Like relative real time weather updates uh-huh. as opposed to just long term forecast. Like that's <laughs> hyper local. That's amazing. That sounds so, it's great. Why is it going to stop working? Apple bought them and integrated it in the weather app, mm-hmm. which okay, doesn't well, hey. exist on the iPad, so, apparently. So, um, oh, did I did iPad? I, first of all, I hate saying iPad OS. I hate saying watch OS. I wish it was still all. Anyway. iPad. You can just say iPad. Undelay, undelay, iPad, iPad. 16 come out? 16.2 is out. Oh, my gosh. My 16.1 is out. My iPad has not notified me. I, I will say, I think I saw that. Okay, yes, the weather app comes to iPad. It's one of the oh, thank God, our long on, national nightmare is over. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I don't mean to ramble here, but um, anything anything that I'm ever going to actually need goes on my phone. Okay, like like you know, there's stuff like like Dropbox and Google Drive and and some stuff that is functional that I put on the iPad as well because obviously it's easier to like read docs on an iPad than a phone. But um, the iPad is mainly. The iPad is primarily my, I want to read forums or Twitter or like discord or whatever whatever replaces Twitter Uh, or discord. Yeah. Like I I just want to keep up with news like whatever and don't want to hold a laptop. Like it's, you know, it's comfy and compact and that's what I use it for primarily. I I, I picked one up recently and I'm learning like it's the last time I used I an iPad iOS wasn't separate. Like they hadn't, they hadn't bifurcated the OSs yet. Sure. Um, so it's, it's a, it's been a, it's, or at least the UI, the OS is, I think maybe were bifurcated, but it was basically like, like they hadn't added all the screen, the OS screen over and split screen, split view and all that stuff yeah. yet. So which one would you got one of the fancy new pros? I got one of the M2 pro. I got the small M2 the, pro, the, the new, the new, yeah. what is that? 11 inch now? It's 11 inches. I, I basically, I needed a lap. Like I, I was either that or buying a laptop and I was like, I kind of want, like, it would be nice to have something that I can just hold in my hand yeah. and read. With. If you don't, if you don't have any kind of heavy compute needs in a portable, I would say the iPad is definitely the better choice. Yeah. yeah and like with us, like I can worse if I'm traveling and I want to record with it, I can record with it theoretically with the USB C just by bringing my audio interface and, and a pair of headphones. So yeah. I, I thought about, I'm, I'm on a, it's the first 10.5 inch pro iPad, mm-hmm. which is like five years old now. I thought about getting one of those new ones. Cause they did just refresh that M2 iPad just came out like, less than a month ago yeah i think i'm gonna try to get it squeeze another year out of this thing though i mean i i think look i didn't if i had had one of the early pros i probably would have been like i I, if i was where you are like i feel like ipads should be five plus years right um for sure like like it's it's in the same category as a laptop yeah and it's it's not slow i mean we'll see once i upgrade to ipad os 16 if it starts blocking down but as of now it's still fast enough like it's really it's here's another thing they don't let you do on the ipad is view the battery health really yes that's the kind of stuff i mean like they are still extremely stodgy about stuff that they don't expose on the ipad so like i'm pretty sure the battery is starting to falter but i can't prove it because you can't get to any good statistics like you can on the phone I um so I turned it's funny I turned um yeah like I hadn't so I haven't I haven't used an iPad with a pencil before I bought the pencil I hadn't um I hadn't used anything since they had the touch button on the front really the last I think the last iPad I had was an iPad Air 2 or 3 
Um, so it's, it's, it's been a minute and it's a little bit disorienting cause it's like the, your normal keyboard, your swipe shortcuts and all that are different from the phone now, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll report back as I spend more time with it. Yeah. I'd like to hear about it. Um, all right. It's time for discord questions. Ooh, here is the first one from console command to which I have no answer, but here we go. Why is it so common to see people talking on their cell phone like they're going to take a bite of toast? I cannot for the life of me understand this behavior. Oh, my God. I have no idea. It makes me crazy. Like, like to, to be just to clarify, basically talking about holding the phone sort of horizontal with the yes, with the speaker. Yeah. Toward the mouth or not. The, I'm sorry, the microphone rather. I, I, I assume I assume it's a like a, a, a result of the older phones that only had the microphone on the on the base, you know, where you hold it up to your ear. Mm-hmm. But, but like, it's so weird. My, I, I, somebody was doing it at Thanksgiving the other day and I was like, Oh, why are you, do- you don't have to. Cause like, it's like, if you're FaceTiming with somebody, if you're doing a video call or whatever, you just have it five feet away from you on a table or something resting up and facing you. It's not like you feel like you have to talk into the microphone. It's I, I don't know, man. I f- maybe people feel like you have to talk into the microphone. It's, it's, it's the same instinct that makes people yell. Yes. When they're talking to somebody who has poor comprehension of English or, right? or on or on speakerphone for that matter. Yeah, I, I've certainly had people put themselves on speaker and then start shouting into the phone like, hey, the microphone's pretty sensitive. You don't you can just talk. Yeah, they're pretty good now. It uh, turns wait, out. So wait, where are microphones on a modern phone at this point? They're all over. Are, are they really? Yeah, it's lousy with them. Oh, huh. So for, there's one in phone the top in, in the front there. There's usually multiples because they do cancel. That's how they do cancellation. They oh. have to do time of flight to get. Sure. To be able to cancel out like waterfalls and stuff. Sure. It, it's, it's a trip because like, um, you know, that big fountain behind your Babuena in yes. San Francisco by the, by Moscone. Yes. I was standing out there talking to somebody on the phone at GDC and like trying to meet up, meet up with somebody last year, the year, last year, the last time before that, that I went to GDC and I was like, well, obviously you can tell that I'm standing next to the fountain. They're like, wait, what? You're standing next to the fountain. I can't hear it at all. And it's because even just holding the phone up to my ear, it was canceling. It was just ignoring all of the background noise of the wow. water hitting. That's impressive. It was very cool. That's impressive. Um, the technology, it is good. It's silly. I have to agree. It's silly. Um, okay. Let's see what else we got. How about a question from Seabird Song? In a s'more. The marshmallow mm. is obviously always warm and toasty, but the chocolate is usually cold since you're outside on a night cold enough to build a fire. This leads to a bite mixing wonderful gooey marshmallow alongside disappointingly cold and not melty chocolate. How can this be avoided? Do you have any other s'more making tips? I, you're, you're, a, you're a s'more family, right? We, we make s'mores. I never, I never made s'mores as a kid. Yeah, I didn't either. We were always a toasted marshmallow family as kids. And, um, we, I, the, my first exposure to s'mores was when we went camping on an Island with some other, with another couple of families and they, they busted out chocolate and graham crackers with their toasted marshmallows. Oh man. And went, I was like, wait, what? You went Island camping? Well, so we were like, we had a boat and a boathouse. Oh, and okay. we would often like, 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 like a on, lake Island. Yeah. On a lake Island. So like on okay. Thursday afternoon, somebody would go out and set up a bunch of tents on the good Island. And then the rest of us would roll out Friday after school or whatever. And we'd, okay. we'd set up and, and stay all weekend for like Memorial Day or Labor Day or whatever. Yes. I, maybe I've got, I've got like the Outer Banks on the, I, I thought you were talking like Ocean Islands. No. I, 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 for some reason I got, I went down a slight Roanoke rabbit hole recently. 
Oh yeah, that's an interesting story, yeah. huh? It was because it was because somebody somebody on Twitter is like probably my favorite thing I've seen about the god awful Twitter situation is that somebody basically said like, okay, whoever is the last one out just needs to tweet Croatoan as their final tweet <laughs> and <then> vanish. <laughs> um. So. Anyway, uh, yeah, we I, I usually set the the graham crackers and the with a piece of chocolate on them close to the fire. Okay. So like if you have like some some if you have like a firebox around or you made put some stones there or whatever, you just kind of put a piece of foil down with the graham crackers on it so they can kind of toast up a little bit. Yeah. And also you need the marshmallows to be nuclear hot. Really? Yeah, like you need to you need to slow roast that marshmallow so the inside is like so the outside is like a hard crunchy shell and the inside is just molten fire in right. there. And okay. then when you mash it into the chocolate, it melts the chocolate. I wonder if so you probably wouldn't want to hold the graham cracker right over the fire because you might scorch it, right? But could you could you maybe just like wave the chocolate around over the fire just a tad? Like I mean, I'm talking like ten seconds or something. I mean, okay, first off, everybody uses Hershey's for 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 s'mores most people use hershey's for s'mores which is kind to call it chocolate <laughs> whoa um, damn what? strong chocolate opinions look i w- look i went i, I got to say we went camping with some friends in may and they busted out some uh some uh lint bars and mm-hmm. i was like holy shit this is this is a fancy camping trip this is an upscale uh if you use better chocolate it melts better the, the, the Hershey's gets gooey, but it's just all the high fructose corn syrup or the oil or whatever they use. I don't know what they use. Um, yeah, I think you could. I could think you could wave it over the like. I, I feel like if you had one of those little toasting boxes, you could put the s'more, the 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 graham cracker, and the chocolate in that, and kind of hold it over the flame directly. But I don't know if I want a toasted. I like the graham cracker to be cool so that I don't burn my hands. Sure, I only want to burn the roof of my mouth really bad. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah, I haven't eaten yet today. We have to. Look, we should we should move on. <laughs> I, I also I also have to say as a as a beard person, you got to be real careful with s'mores because mm, sure. like it's, it's like you don't want marshmallow in there because it's never coming out. Could you is there a substance so tacky or so difficult to remove that it would force you to trim cut your beard off? Like I feel like bubble gum is off limits. OK. Yeah. Super glue. Soup. Su- man, if you get super glue in your face, you made mistakes. Yes. Fair. The uh, the I mean, the marshmallow is close. It's dangerous. Really? You can get in real yeah, uh, like you can get really fused in there. Seems like that would be water soluble. Yeah, But if you're camping, how how oh, it's yeah. pretty hard to wash a beard <laughs> if you're camping. You're just going to walk around with a marshmallow in your beard all weekend. It's not. Yeah, well, and well, a bunch of yellow jackets it. and shit. If you uh-huh. have a marshmallow in your beard. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. All right. Next question from Retro Snow. Uh, we talked about this recently. I'm sure you've got some info here. I've got some other info. Uh, we'll see what we got. Uh, on the previous episode, uh, Brad talked about longing for the old internet full of blogs, and I assume other ancient stuff like GeoCities websites after experiencing social media exhaustion. I am a 23-year-old electrical engineer who has that same longing. I grew up with older siblings and have fond memories of the early 2000s internet. For a couple years, I've wanted to make a blog or website, but I've been overwhelmed by the options. What service do I use for buying domains? Google? GoDaddy? What service can I use for making good web page templates? Square? WordPress? How should I acquire a non-Gmail email address? And should my web pages be static or dynamic? Just looking for info to get started and contribute to an internet full of personal blogs again. So as the new proprietor of shitty.blog. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, actually, why don't we start? Why don't we just walk through what you did? And then if I have anything to add. 
So I think at some point I got an email from WordPress. It was like, hey, if you come back and sign up for WordPress, you can get a free domain. And at that point I was like, oh, they own the top level dot blog. So I'm going to see what they have. And oh, WordPress owns dot blog. I believe so. Yes. I didn't know that. Also, I didn't I didn't know they did their own domain. I didn't know they were a registrar. WordPress is pretty, pretty big. Yeah. Um, I'm going to check aren't, that. Right. Aren't they like not a for profit situation? I forget what what's their structure. They're like a weird structure, right? I, or did they get bought and they're just straight up corporation now? No, Word, WordPress is owned by um, WordPress was started by Matt Mullenweg, who right. who has he seems OK. Um, Aren't they owned by Automatic with two T's? Automatic is T's. Matt Mullenweg's company. Yeah. Oh, oh, maybe they didn't sell then. Yeah. OK. Um, but the Matt has two T's, which is it's Matt. OK. Like the story about Matt Mullenweg. And I, I assume this like I. It may be apocryphal, but the story is that he started WordPress because he wanted to be the number one mat on the internet, which is why <laughs> all the all the footers on WordPress blogs used to link to his domain. That's pretty good. Um, uh, wow, yeah. their stats, huh? Twenty billion page views a month through They're WordPress. Big. They're big. Jeez. Uh, so, uh, WordPress WordPress is a good place to start. I think uh, if you want to do a blog. Uh, at this point, like like Tumblr is also interesting, but Tumblr is kind of like a weird blog social network hybrid and you, you get network effects. But the nice thing about WordPress is I can export a file from my WordPress instance that will let me move it to any other WordPress instance, whether I want to host it myself or move it to a different host or whatever. Oh, that's convenient. Like that's 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 straightforward. I mean, I think you have to do some template work, but but the 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 posts will actually transfer. So is that your recommendation? Just go to WordPress.com and kind of follow the plan. So, okay. I, I will say I wouldn't use GoDaddy. Yes. Cause they suck. Uh-huh. They have problems. Uh, I usually do my domain registration at hover. I find them to be pretty good. They support two factor. They let you lock domains. And for the TLDs that allow domain privacy, you can make your, your contact info private, which is important if you're hosting domains. Yes. Uh, I, I'll jump in here. I use pork bun. Oh, porkbun.com is my domain registrar. They also they're they anonymize by default. Yeah. Uh they're 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 quite low cost. They're boutique. They're like a, like a they're they're kind of a neat company. They're like a bunch of like old school network engineers from ISPs and stuff that kind of got together to start like a a little boutique registrar in Portland. Oh, that's fun. Do uh, they all have mustaches? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um the uh the 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 some TLDs don't allow private domains. So like I think dot pro is one that you can't get a dot pro if you don't if you privatize your your information. So so pay attention to that when you're registering yes. weird TLDs. That happened to me. I bought a dot US. Yeah. And kind of ignored those warnings and then looked at the like who is it and like, oh. And then yeah. I and then I actually just got rid of it. Yeah, that's what that was my experience with the dot pro. Um so w- WordPress is easy. You can point your domain at WordPress. Um, that that's pretty straightforward. If you want to do like the Squarespace, um, Squarespace is more for like landing pages and business pages than like you can do a blog on Squarespace, but it's priced for businesses. So yeah, like I think they start at like 20 bucks a month, which is kind of a lot. I think WordPress, you can do free if you don't mind having ads. I think I pay $4 a month and get no ads. Okay. Uh, so that it's, means nobody sees ads on my, on my wordpress.com hosted blog. Yeah. You can also do commercial word wordpress hosts for about that same price which means that they instead of instead of hosting instead of wordpress hosting their thing on their service wordpress.com which is 
basically running a version of the open source WordPress client and and gates things like plugins for commercial users. Um, you can pay a host that will do and manage an instance of WordPress for you. That's as if you're hosting it yourself, like a DreamHost does that. Uh, there's a thing called Bluehost. There's a couple of others and they let you do more traditional like plugins and stuff, but they also don't manage comment spam and, and that sort of thing. Maybe quite as well. Right. Like that's up to you as a user. I, okay. I, I totally forgot. There's also WordPress.org, which is the non-commercial. Yeah. Like WordPress is the, is the, is the open source commercial dichotomy. It's a, it's a good, we should actually, we should get Matt Mullenweg on the tech pod. Okay. On the sure. FOSS pod. Uh, FOSS pod. Yeah. They, they do. So That's the open idea. source project is on .org. Anybody can download it. You can install it on your, on your web server, whatever. It's super easy to do. Um, like if you can run it on a Linode for five bucks a month and have your own hosted, I don't want to have to fool with managing the server. Cause there's, there's overhead to that. And yeah. there's, there's security. time security patches, all sorts of stuff. I don't want to have to fool with. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll happily pay someone else five bucks a month to, to deal with that. Yeah. I, I thought at one point years, like two years ago about like, Oh, I could just run a little blog off of my NAS here. I don't, don't do that. I've got a domain, but that's nope, a bad idea. That's, nope. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. yeah I, I ran, I ran, I ran an Nginx uh, instance in a container for like two weeks. And then I looked at the access logs and realized how much you're getting. If, if you have a domain that is public pointing to a web server, how much you are getting crawled constantly from all over the world yeah and it's it's like you you have if you're doing that you have to pay really close attention to like zero days and stuff like that yes i have have no desire to try to keep up with security stuff and expose myself in that way yeah the other thing so the other thing i would say is setting up the wordpress blog i turned off all of the engagement stuff so I have all the comments off. I tried to turn off all of their share your social links. I think I haven't been successful with that yet. I got to work on, I got to figure out what I, what I need to remove from the template for that to work. But, but for me, it's just a, Hey, here's a place to share stuff that I think is interesting. If anybody reads it, great. If they don't also fine. That's, that's, that blogs are best that way. I posted my oatmeal recipe there the other day. Wait, hang on. Yeah. I, Okay, I'm sure I just misheard you. I swear you just said I posted my opium recipe. Oatmeal. Oatmeal. <laughs> well, shit. That's not so. That's, that's, oat- way, le- that's way less fun. Look, the the oatmeal is really good, dude. It's not opium good, but it's pretty good. If, could you make opium oatmeal? I mean, you, look, if you try hard enough, you can make opium in anything. That's fair. Uh, but I am not a, I am not a opium scientist. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. Okay. All right. Shall we move on? Yeah, sure. Here's, another, here's a question from Matt Bot. A lot of a lot of new faces in the questions this month. I love that. Um, question from Matt Bot is: Are you a mouse pad person, a desk mat person, or you do, do you just raw dog it on the desk? Who raw dogs it on the desk now? Oh, that's disgusting. That's just. Yeah. Uh, I have a mouse pad. How do you define a mouse pad? Like, okay, we're talking. Okay, like the 90s style of like cloth. It's not cloth exactly, but it's like a, a fabric-y top on like a rubberized flimsy. Like those are basically dead, right? I I have. I the, So the ones that you're talking about are the neoprene ones, I think, where it's like a nylon cloth top on top of a neoprene, a, a quarter inch of eighth of an inch of neoprene. Sure, that sounds right. Um, I do not have one. Of, I So I um I have a wireless Logitech mouse. I use a Logitech Pro Superlight. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I, I bought it. They don't send me stuff. Um, the mouse pad, I, I got the self-charging 
like the charging mat so that I don't ever have to plug it in and it never has wires. Uh, and I, I quite like that. The problem with that thing is it limits me to the size mouse pad that, 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 that base supports because mm-hmm. it, if you have a bigger mouse pad, there's like weird overhangs. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's, that's my solution. I, I think if I didn't have the self charge, the automatic charging, the wireless charging thing, I would probably do a, um, a big mat that my keyboard sits Desk on mat. as well. Yeah. So I've, I've never seen one of those in person. Like, are those like, when I look at them, I think of that old nineties neoprene nylon kind of thing, but they can't, surely they're not like that. Like what, what is your typical desk mat? Made so out of? usually the, like the, the difference is that the weave on the top surface is more uniform now. Okay. So, so you don't want, um, like the difference between a good mouse pad and a bad mouse pad is that the, the surface is predictable so that the sensor is more, has more accurate. Like, like it's the difference between going over something that's like a scribble that you, that you do a scribble and having a plotter do a scribble that's precise, right? If you have a precise pattern, then it's able to track more efficiently, but the sensors are high enough resolution now that I don't think it matters as much as it used to. Yeah. Um, what is the use case for those things? I mean, the mouse part is clear, but like, is it just a, a tactile, like it's nice to rest your hands on kind of thing for the, like, it's not like a keyboard needs a pad under it. I'm kind of just curious, like, I know, I know they look nice, but I'm just curious, like what, what, what the use case is for like the other 80% of the pad. Well, the keyboard under the pad helps reduce sound. If you have loud mechanical oh, sure. yeah, uh, okay. switches, Yeah, um, that's the, that's the, it, it makes your desk, not a resonator for the keyboard sound. If oh, actually, if that's your. I can kind of see the appeal there. Yeah. Um, it also is nice because you can take that thing off and clean it off. So if you have crumbs or dust or hair or skin or whatever, it's it's easier to clean than 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 the desktop, I think. You just sure. take it off and hose it off. Uh, I am using a funk pad. Remember those? Oh, you still a funk pad guy? Dude. I like my funk pad. Would it shock you to know that this funk pad is from when I worked at GameSpot? How funky is the funk like i i, I find it. those hard pads get kind of crusty yeah after a I, while. I clean it i clean it regularly okay isopropyl and kind of like scrub it okay get the Actually, dead skin it, off i should probably i should probably just clean it in the sink like it's a dish that's what I, I, use, about it. I use dawn on my yeah, hard pads I, and, and and you think like a, a dish sponge is probably fine probably i mean look gonna, i don't you're, know you're not gonna braid the i use the rough side by the way for people who remember the funk pad i yeah I smooth and rough right the, the rough yes is is glide the mouse glides better than on the smooth side i am this, um, this mouse pad says plays best on alienware because oh. because GameSpot did a big deal with alienware in i think 2005 and we wow. all got we all get got big fat ridiculous looking alien looking 2005 PCs. Oh, did you get the plastic shell one? Yes. If you Google is either the O5, I was just looking at this the other day. If you Google the O5 or the O6 Alienware, I think it was the O5. I remember when they came out with those, it was when everybody else was doing like high end aluminum cases and Alienware couldn't figure out how to manufacture them at scale. So they just yeah. did a giant plastic shell around yes. a steel case. Yes. It's absurd. It was, yeah. it was huge. Yeah, it was very big. Um, last thing I'll say about a mouse. I also am thinking about getting a wireless mouse. So if anybody listening, has recommendations. I like Logitech and I like the right-handed with the thumb groove grip. If anybody has okay. wireless, I'm, I'm not, I'm not so big on ambidextrous mouse. So wow. wouldn't have thought that uh, wouldn't have thought intolerance was your thing, Brad, but here look, we are. Look, the, the MX 518 broke me forever. I have to have that thumb groove now. I will tell uh, you, I was a, I was a thumb groove guy until I tried a light mouse. And then I was like, Oh, right. Light mouse. I understand why people like these. 
Yeah, um, I, I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm open to other suggestions. It doesn't have to be Logitech. I would. That's kind of my. It's what I know. Actually, I have one of their reissue MX 518s. Remember when they did that? Yeah, yeah. It's got. Well, we talked about this offline. It's got this weird thing where it'll take phantom input on uh, upwards vertically. It's That's only, bad. It only, it only does it in. Well, no, it'll do it on the desktop. Actually, I, I notice it most in games because if I'm playing a first-person game, my view will just flick all the way to the top out of does nowhere. It, does it not have like a hair or something stuck in the I, sensor? I, I looked at the sensor; it looks clean. It's done it Ugh. pretty much since I got it. I've had it for a couple of years. I would call it's, them; they'll fix that. Eh, I got it for twenty bucks on sale. I kind of don't care. I kind of, okay. I kind of would just rather buy a wireless mic. Anyway, anybody has any recommendations for? Uh, wireless mice hit me up in the discord the, the the thing i'll say is that the big pads the big mats that people like now is almost universally tied to people who use very low dpi sensors so they set their sensitivity really really low so that like large you need to do a large movement to do any kind of um uh like like you just you're just using a, a lo- very large area to do tracking so yeah. um it gives you better precision for headshots and stuff like that yes uh all right this might be our last question because it's actually like a bajillion question. I feel like Safid cheated here, but it's also a cornucopia. It's, it's so clever that I have to respect the hustle. <laughs> uh, I almost scrolled right past this because it was two huge paragraphs and I was like, well, that's too long to read on the show. And then I actually looked again. This is from user Safid on the discord. It's actually just two huge paragraphs of question after question after question. Oh, you broke them out. In this the is doc. sneaky. I, I, I bolded the ones that I personally would want to read. I'm good with that. Um, I thought you made good choices. Like like I said, I feel like this is cheating and we almost should not uh, allow it. But again, it's just it's too deviously effective. So here we go. Several of Safet's questions. Um, as a kid, did you build tree houses or blanket forts as an adult? Which do you prefer? Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go tree house on both. We did both when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, a blanket fort is fine, but I don't feel like you can. I don't know. The woods is a cool place. Let me put it that way. As, as a child, I feel like the woods is a place that really fires the imagination. Our, a lot of our trees here, like we have a bunch of eucalyptuses and stuff around us, which are not good for tree houses. Yeah, um, we had we had when we moved here, I'm really bummed that we had to cut it down before my daughter was born. But the. Um, we had a Monterey Cypress that would have been awesome for a tree house. Ooh. And then it split and famously cost me a truckload of money to have yes. removed. Right. Um, as a child uh, in the woods behind our house, my dad put up a, a, a tree stand, like yeah. a straight up deer hunting tree stand. So that was my tree house. Yeah. Uh, and he also built a little log cabin. Ooh. Like a, like a very basic, I mean, like, you know, foot, foot long or foot wide gaps between the, the beams or whatever. Oh, that's fun. Just lot logs like stacked on each other with a little tin roof. It was it was a good time. So we we um my uncle brought a oil rig, a drill rig rope, which was like a two inch diameter piece piece of hemp rope that was that was extra from his business uh down when he came to visit one time. And we took that and we strung it up in this in this tree that hung over the river. And he made like a big mesh web up about 15 feet in the tree. So you had to climb up to the tree and then you could set up there and just kind of hang out and read or whatever. And that was awesome because when it was 100 degrees out in the summertime, the river was always like 50 degrees because it came out of the bottom of the dam. And uh, it was fantastic because it was it was really, uh, really, it was a nice, it was like natural air conditioning to go down and read a book or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
but but we've been doing with my daughter we've we've gotten these construction kits that are like two foot long plastic sticks with with hubs that have a bazillion holes in them and i'll make she and i'll make a, a um a dome with those and then just put blankets over the dome and that's been that, that's super like the the toys the toys are better now brad yeah it seems that way <laughs> the toys are better but the social conditions are way worse look there's pros and cons um okay let's see oh man this one is a nightmare egg or cheese you know you no longer eat one of them including recipes which one and why i, I, I don't want to live in this world i man like I the, rest, the recipes eggs. oh yeah we yes i God, it pains me to do it, but I think I would have to cut out cheese because I don't know, man, like, like you, I eat eggs numerous times a week, if not every day. And think about all the things that you would no longer be able to eat if you couldn't have eggs in things. No cakes, no cookies. No, nope. Well, I could eat pies still because there's hardly any egg in pies. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have to, it would have to be cheese for me, but it would be, that's a horrible choice. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, I can't think of much worse than does you think you need like vegan cheese at that point if it's not non-dairy cheeses or you Maybe. think those are out too? Maybe. Uh, we, There's we some randomly, nut cheeses that are pretty yeah. good now. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we randomly um, randomly picked up some vegan goat cheese. Yeah. It's made out of sunflower seeds. Yeah. And I had some last night and I was like, you know what? I don't think I would quite mistake this if you put them side by side, but the flavor is pretty damn close and like. It's it's pretty healthy, and it's just like I just look at it as a spread that tastes kind of like goat cheese. We, it's, we, it's not bad. We got an oil, we got a feta, uh, you know, fake feta at some point that was like pretty indistinguishable. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um. God. Yeah. That's this question sucks, but I think it's got to be eggs. Like you couldn't have mayonnaise anymore. I, mayonnaise is not the thing. Like the, just the number of eggs I eat a week, like. My default, hey, it's late and we need to make food for mm-hmm. dinner. What are we going to make is like I'll fry some eggs and and make toast and and, you yes. know, some fruit salad or something. That is 100 percent. It is like I need to eat. I don't know what else to make or there's no food here. I'm going to make eggs and combine it with a carb of some kind. Well, yeah, that and like the number like I often will do like the sous vide, a batch of sous vide hard boiled eggs, stuff like that. And I, I just I can't even imagine. Yeah. This is still a terrible question. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, there's one more terrible question in that, in that pile that's bolded. Oh, I don't know which one. Well, there's two and either, I think you could t- be talking about either one of them, but okay. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking. I mean, yeah. if you had to pick a different billionaire to run Twitter, who would it be and why? Every billionaire is a policy failure. George Lucas. Oh, fuck. It, it is the only thing. Oh man, you might be right. <laughs> George oh. Lucas is the only billionaire approaching good. Not, I don't know. Mm. Can we like? Can we talk about the post Lucas, the post Disney acquisition no. renaissance that George Lucas has faced? No, because I haven't finished Andor yet, and we can't. All wow. I want to, literally, all I want to do right now is finish Andor, and we can't talk about it. Hey, uh, shout out to our friends over at a more civilized age, mm-hmm. uh, Austin and Rob and and uh, Natalie and Allie, who I have been really enjoying their recaps of Andor. 
I may, um, have to, yeah, I might have to go listen to that after like, I'm done. Once I finished Andor, I was like, oh, I want to, I want more Andor. And I was like, oh, right. There's dozens of hours of podcast about this. So I went and listened and it's been very good. Due um, to, um, we got, I mean, I was, I, I was an early adopter and we were super on board and it turned out that after the heist episode, which was halfway through the season, which was like a great stopping place, I traveled and then I got sick and other stuff happened. And by, by then I was like, you know what, if we just wait an extra two weeks, We'll have the whole second half of the season to watch. Well, so, so I watched in three episode chunks. I watched the first three in like two nights and then I yes. watched the next three in two nights okay. or the next four in two nights. That's that's the way to go. And and that was like it was nice to like it was good to the 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 what is it? It's season it's episodes one, two and three and then four standalone and then five, six no, and seven. Four, five, six are are, are an arc. Four, five, oh, six oh, are four, the highest arc. Seven, seven is standalone. Seven is the standalone one. Yeah, and then so, eight, eight, nine, ten is an arc. And then the last two. Yeah. So, so like I got to episode nine and was like, oh, I got to go to bed. Crap. This is an unbelievable cliffhanger. But I got to think about it all the next day and then watch mm-hmm. it the next night. And it was yeah. a really satisfying experience. Yeah. They put out the first three wisely together. So you could watch all those together. We, we watched the heist as it aired. Which oh, was, yeah. Which was agonizing. Yeah. That's a lot of waiting. It was, it was painful. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad we waited. Uh, if my partner were not working this entire Thanksgiving weekend, so we have to watch it kind of piecemeal at night. Oh, we we I I promised you we would have sat down and watched all six episodes back to back. Like it is, I <laughs> we we got through seven night before last, and then eight last night, and I'm like dying right now. I I started watching Rogue One the it's, other day, and I was like, oh man, I forgot how how hard this just starts. It just goes from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've never seen it all the way through. And at this point oh. I'm going to wait until all of Andor is done. Meaning whenever season oh. two finishes and then watch rogue one as basically the finale. Wow. Um, but uh, dude, I, we don't, we can move on, but like, it's, I think it has gone beyond like, this is one of the best star Wars things ever made to, this is one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. It's, it's really good. Uh, anyway. Um, I, I don't think that a billionaire should be allowed to run anything that's yeah. in public use. I, I was being uh, somewhat facetious, but I, I do think that George Lucas is a very comical figure. <laughs> I would love to see. <laughs> anyway. Like, I, I mean, honestly, so I've been spending a lot of time on Mastodon. I've been spending a little bit of time on um, post.news and a little bit of time on co-host, mostly mm. lurking on co-host. And, yeah. and then I signed up for Hive, which it seems like a mess. Hive. Yeah. Hive. Hive looks the most like Twitter, which I think is what got so much buzz. It helps. Uh, but did you see they had a server issue where for some period of time, people were allowed to sign up with duplicate usernames? Great. I wish so, I had known that. I would so have signed up for like, also, I didn't get Will Smith on Hive. So it, it yeah, kind of impacts somebody, my ability to, uh, and they only allow 14 character usernames. So yeah. not that Will Smith doesn't work either. I, I don't think it's going to be Hive. I don't think any of the current options necessarily. We'll see. I don't know. I'm still... Well, the th- the thing that I'm finding is that people like different groups are going to different places. So yeah. like Mastodon is a yeah, bunch of technologists and yeah, like we, people are having interesting conversations about content moderation there and stuff yes. like that. And like, like the, the problems with all of this, like the, the thing that Twitter did that was really good was monetize content moderation. We talked about this last, last week or the week before. Yes. Um, I, I don't like, I don't know that, the open source thing is going to be able to monetize content, content, like is going to be able to support the kind of content moderation that's required. Cause like we're going to end up in the same situation. We ended up with email and blogs in, yeah. in, in six months or a year where there's people there and it's just a spam haven. 
and yep. it's a disaster for admins. But anyway, and, and and let's face it, like a lot of open source projects, it's got UX uh, shortcomings that, like, I mean, I, like the the social media platform that's going to catch on needs to be able to onboard people who don't want to figure out all that shit. Does it? I mean, yes. I, maybe maybe being able to onboard all the people that don't want to figure out all that shit is part of the uh, pro- look. Yes, it, it well, needs that, to be inclusive. That's, I mean, yeah, that's just going to lead to a very self-selecting crowd of techie type people, which is like fine. But is what I mean is like the one that becomes the new, like if such a thing is even possible or desirable. I, I think that's the takeaway is that it's, it's, it's gonna, not desirable to it, have that is very the possible. monolithic network with everybody on it. That, I mean, that's yeah. the problem. Yes. Yes, I agree. All right. Um, Another, let's just keep going with the Safed list here. What investment miss do you most regret? I almost oh. bought 85 Bitcoin for $1 each and almost bought Apple for 20 cents a share. <laughs> In 2010, when we just moved into the Whiskey Media basement on Front Street, uh, Andy, what, engineer Andy came to me and was like, hey, have you heard about this Bitcoin thing? You have a bunch of GPUs, right? And this is when you could trade 60 Bitcoins for a pizza, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know. I, we've talked about this before. I I also think back to that time when you and Norm started talking about Bitcoin. Yeah. And and they were like less than a dollar a piece. Yeah. And I, I just mean, think hell, like if I had spent like three or four hundred bucks, I wouldn't be here right now. Even when we even when we went to Austin for South by and bought the Bitcoin at the ATM for five hundred bucks. Uh that would still yeah. be a, a profound investment today. Would, would have been a pretty good investment, uh, it turns although, out. Well, at this point, like, I don't know if you keep up with the value. It is cratered. It's like 10K, right? Last time I looked, I think. Yes. And it peaked at like 50, right? 60 something, yeah. 60? Yeah. Although I also think about, like, if you were in that situation, if you had, like, say, 500 Bitcoin that you had bought back in the day, like, cashing those out is not a trivial process, right? Like, that seems like that would be extremely dodgy, both from, like, uh, you income know, you, income reporting standpoint, and also like dealing with some brokerage to actually do it. There, there's tools to do it now. It's not as much of a problem. Like okay. it's it's just pretty straightforward. Um, the the thing the the big thing for me is I probably would have sold when it hit five k. Like if I had a bunch of bitcoins, I paid a dollar for, I would have made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars instead of fifteen million dollars. Yeah, right. Or I mean, I guess the smart thing to do is sell half and then keep the others. And, and anyway, it doesn't matter. I want to, I, my bigger question is when, when was Apple 20 cents a share or is that some employee situation? Apple was probably 20 cents a share in like 1998. Yeah. I guess like right around the time they were almost, they were on the verge of collapse. Yeah. Um, my guess is when they were, Oh, I can look that up actually here. Here is some good historical. Wow. July. Let's see. It was 20 cents a share in 1983 from all through the nineties. It was 30 cents a share in 1998, 16, 20 yeah, cents wow. a share in 1996. Yeah, look at that, man. Yeah. I didn't know it was that cheap. Holy crap. I mean, that's insane. Look, when you bought Apple at 20 cents a share in 1996, you were, you were betting that they survived another six months. Yeah. Right. It was, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's a long haul. I bought GE at that point, and that's worked out great for me. Mm. Wait, it hasn't worked out great, okay. Brad. I wasn't quite sure if that was sarcasm or not. But no, I like. Look, I'm going to go and tell you when Thirty Rock was on, and and Alec Baldwin was talking about the Shinehart Wig Company owning GE. Those jokes hurt. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Should we move on? Sure. From I'm probably looking best this, looking through this. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll one more. Oh, well, a couple here. What, what household fix are you most proud of? Well, I broke, uh, some 
battery powered fairy lights last night. Oh no. You know what I'm talking about? The little LED, yeah. they're, they're like the wire. Yeah. They're, they're like, like they're real thin strain. wires, right? Yeah. They, they're flexible. So you can kind of mold them into shape. I broke one of the wires off last night and soldered it back together. And I'm, Nice. Instead of instead of spending ten bucks, so that, that's a fun one. Um, I laser cut a um, uh, um, a rigidity plate for my faucet to keep it from wobbling because it was not designed to go on a stainless steel sink. Nice. So that was pretty good. I, cool. I literally took the picture. I took a picture of it from the website, traced it, and ma- measured the holes to make sure they're the right size, and then stacked it three deep and, uh, and acrylic cemented it together and yeah fabricating your own like uh homeowner fix type stuff is still among the most futuristic things that i can think of it's pretty that's like, pretty cool it feels like something out of like minority report or ai or some of those like near future science fiction type films yeah like i built a bench for the laser cutter when we got that mm-hmm. like a workbench that was the right height to be like comfortable to work at and stuff like that um I don't know. It's, like you, you eventually you just kind of start doing stuff and don't really remember doing like it, it, it just fades into the background of life. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, last question. I'm going to say, okay. It's from cake batter. I'm not surprised. It has to be from cake batter. <laughs> As you grow older, does the call of setting up a model railroad in your home increase? Oh God. Yes. <laughs> Wait, really? Are you actually a model I, railroad guy? Look, I had a model railroad when I was a kid. Oh, we, it was in the, it was in the unfinished basement. It was my favorite thing to play with because really? I would, and we didn't even, I didn't even like build, like I, it didn't even occur to me that you could build like scenery and stuff for your oh. model railroad. Oh, obviously I was going to ask if you were, if you were the full on like model terrain, like kind of building the Valley that you live in type stuff. I, I conceptually had no idea that that was a thing that you could do. It huh. never occurred to me. I just liked having the trains ride around in the circles and and making the tracks do different things and all that. Like that part of it was fun enough. Um, at the at the at the Living Desert Museum in Palm Desert, California, which we went to a couple. We've been to a couple times now. They have a huge outdoor train set that's like. I don't know. It's maybe like half an acre. It's really, really big with like five different tracks, all sorts of different scales, trains, um, like recreations of old buildings from the town. And like people have donated their own buildings. Businesses have donated their own buildings and all sorts of stuff. So it's like this huge sprawling train. Oh, that's cool. And you can hit the button and make it go. And it's very satisfying. That's cool. I bet. um, I bet Model Railroad is a place where the kind of end user fabrication tech is super useful these days. I bet there's some cool shit going on in model railroading. I have everything I need to be able to make a lot of model railroad business. That's that, that absolutely sounds like the project of the rest of your life. If you were to get into that, that seems like the kind of thing that you tinker with right up until the end. I mean, look, if, 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 um, if Reverend Lovejoy is wrong, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be right. Brad. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, for Um, my part, I'm going to say that my LAN is my model railroad. I like, Oh, that's, that's your, that's it. That's the thing you like. I like, I like making the packets go around, uh, the invisible railroad. (laughs) (laughs) Home network, home network is like an invisible railroad. It kind of is. Yeah. You're not wrong. Like you, like you, you hook the data up in the train and then let it rip. I mean, like the way that I've got, um, the way that I've got ethernet mounted around the baseboard and door jams in this apartment around the perimeter of the house, it kind of is like a physical railroad. (laughs) 
It's it's not you're not wrong. I the thing that's keeping me from doing it is just space. We don't have a like yeah. I would need a, a room to dedicate to it. And yeah. we don't have that here. We should we should we should move somewhere with more space. It's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yes. Um and anyway, we should we should move to the end of the episode. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Brad, uh it is the time of the show where we thank our patrons. Thank so, you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank uh, thank you for not making me buy a guitar. Despite yeah, your, despite your best efforts. Six months, Brad. I give you six months. Keep practicing and one day we'll let you buy a guitar, Brad. Mm-hmm. I, I, I too have not bought the guitar. I'm, I'm anyway. Uh, uh, if you would like to support uh, the, the show and continue enabling Brad and I to make poor financial decisions, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash tech pod. Again, it's patreon.com slash tech pod. And for as little as $2 a month, you can get access to the fabulous tech pod discord where you will meet beautiful nerds who encourage you to buy things that you may or may not need, but will definitely enrich your life. Um, including uh, Andrew Slosky. Bunny is thankful for ellipses. That's how, that's how you can tell Bunny is part of Gen X is with mm-hmm. the ellipses there. Yeah. Uh, Paddle Creek Games, Makers of Fractured Veil, James Kamick, Joel Krauska, Just Wedge, and Twinkle Twinkie. Uh, and since it's the end of the month, we also thank our executive, our associate producer tier patrons, including Andre M. Burke, Arthur Gies, Dave Yulian, Eric Klein, Graham Banks, Jad Rita, Jason Neeland, Jay Maybe, Joseph Thorne, Nathan Phelps, Steve Lynn, Thomas Shea, and Travis Rosner. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you. We are thankful for our patrons. You keep us going. Yeah, every, um, every, all, all of you. I, it's funny because like we get the emails. I love, don't look, don't tell potential advertisers this. <laughs> but when people send a note and they're like, hey, we'd like to insert an ad in your podcast, just send us your rate and like how soon you can get the ads. And I'm like, uh, I'm so sorry, but we, we are a hundred percent listener supported and we don't take advertising on our show and the support of our patrons is what makes that possible. So yes. we, we do appreciate you all uh, so, so much uh, just so we can tell advertisers to pound sand. Um, and I guess that'll do it for us this week. That's true. I've been Linuxing a lot on this break, dude. It happened. Yeah. I said it successfully without looking anything up. Wow. Said familiar what, with it. You said what? SED stream editor, I believe is what it is. that what it stands for? I've only used it in the context of here's some shit you should type in that you don't necessarily need to understand what it does. I I believe, I believe that's where the name came from. I I needed to, I needed to take a string, a numeric string and replace the first digit with something else. Ooh. And I just did it without having to look up the regular, the the regular expressions or the said, uh, formatting (laughs) last night. And I was like, oh man, I finally arrived. Why, but wait, you can regex without, uh, you can regex blind now too. Reg, that's a, regex, 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 right, right, regex, regular, reg, regex. I, I would assume that's regex. That's yeah. why I said regular expressions out loud because I wasn't sure how oh, is this another that. GIF, GIF situation? Probably. Oh, let us know how you feel. Do you think it's a soft J or a hard, hard, soft G or hard G? Let us know. Um, that's awesome. That's really cool. I was, I was very excited, very proud. I I um I made the best apple pie I've ever made this year. Ooh, wait! You can't tell me that I wasn't there. I'm sorry. I pre-cooked the apples so there was no gap between the top of the apples and the bottom of the crust. It was amazing. You're supposed to tell me how terrible all the food was. Everything else was shit except for your mom's except for your mom's broccoli casserole. Well, that goes without saying. Yeah, no, we wouldn't we wouldn't disrespect your mom. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Bye.